Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Brian and Shauna, who are, have been functioning as our new Body Life team leaders, and also because they're brand new. They've been here for a little over a year with us. Well, this week, we um, would like to introduce you to and do an interview with an amazing couple that we've been getting to know here over the last few months. They have um, recently <laughs> decided to throw their hat in the ring of this little three-ring circus. <laughs> no. Um, but they, have, they bring with them a wealth of experience and maturity in the Christian faith that we absolutely um, are more than blessed to have a part of this church. And so without any further ado, we'd like to welcome Vern and Bevan Howard to the stage. If you two would come forward, please. (laughs) Well, you just do that. Feel free to do that. I told Vern, I said, I have a few questions here. We sent them the questions ahead of time so they wouldn't be too nervous about this little interview thing. And I said, I might throw you a curveball. And he said, okay. <laughs> Didn't scare him. Did not scare him one bit. So. Well, before we get started, uh-huh. tell them what they're going to be doing. Well, I'm going to let you tell them oh, okay. after a bit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So first of all, I wanted to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about themselves. We've got a few more questions that kind of maybe if you want to cover some of those topics, you're more than welcome to do that. And then I'll ask you anything you didn't cover. And then we'll lead into the rest of that, if you wouldn't. Whoever wants to start. (laughs) I guess guess I'm starting. Well, just very briefly, you wanted some just background, like our family, whatever. <laughs> All right, I grew up just the only child in a home in Kentucky, so I'm a hillbilly <laughs> with shoes. <laughs> with shoes. Um, the home I grew up in was uh, just a really delightful, godly home with parents that were rather strict and yet just down to earth and fun and loving and accepting and um, what is that word I use with mother so much when you encourage somebody? Am I not talking loud enough? Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, encouraging along with the discipline. And sometimes that's a tricky balance, isn't it? But I say that to say that as I watched as I was growing up, I watched my mom and dad just live Jesus. 
I knew right away that that's what I wanted, but I wanted to wait. I just kind of wanted to wait and do my own thing for a while. Um, and you can say, well, how did that work for you? Okay. <laughs> Not so great, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So I grew up in Kentucky, uh, actually a very small town. I'm born in Louisville, grew up near Lexington. If you're familiar at all where Asbury University is, that's where I grew up and uh, fell in love with that little town. So that's all I'm going to say for right now. Next. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I'd never stop. I'm the oldest of four, born in northeastern Ohio, into a godly Christian home. And uh, I was born with a birth defect and couldn't really speak till I was in seventh grade. So I got made fun of a lot. I still sometimes on the phone, people call me ma'am. So I, <laughs> I really am not. But uh, the Lord has uh, helped me overcome that in a big way, uh, allowed us to serve him in many different places. We started out together in Kentucky for two years, Madison, Indiana for two years, Ecuador, South America for 20, Redding, California for 12, Greenville, South Carolina for 11, and we're in our eighth year here in Texas. So the Lord has put us in different situations. And like some of you know, uh, we knew we were supposed to be here, but we had no clue what we were doing. And every place else we've gone, we always knew what we were doing. We were called there to do that. We were only called here. We didn't know why. So what's another question? Well, you and, and Bevan participated in our um, couple's date night community group that we did last summer, I believe it was, and just jumped right in. And so we've gotten to hear a little bit about how the two of you meet. I have always, I'm always interested in, especially a couple that's been as married as long as you guys have been and still together and still apparently still in love and going strong. And you kind of like him. How did, how did you meet? And who, okay, and who? Who saw who first and all the good stuff and kind of how it all happened? <laughs> well, um, as I mentioned, I grew up in Wilmore where Asbury University is. And when I graduated from high school, I knew that's where I wanted to go. And so I checked out the campus before <laughs> classes even started. And um, I had a friend who was there early also that, well, actually, she wasn't a friend. I hadn't met her. That's, that's the extent of it. And so I saw her standing on the steps of uh, one of the women's dorms, and there were some other, there were guys around her, and um, she introduced me to Vern. She you can hear me, right? I thought so. Oh, you're recording. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she introduced us because she knew him. This is him, Vern. And uh, right away, there was just this little something. I wouldn't exactly call it a spark, but I noticed him and I knew he noticed me. 
right. <laughs> but what I didn't like was how flirty he was. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I has not outgrown that, but that's okay. He flirts with me the most, so I'll, I'll let him flirt. Anyway, that's how we met as freshmen. And so all throughout our um, college years, we were kind of in and out of a relationship, mostly in. Uh, that's how we met. Okay. Does that take care of things? Oh, dear, what's he going to add? <laughs> I was one of the first guys on campus during freshman week, and I'm prancing around with my letter jacket and all these awards, and she wasn't the least impressed. Of course, I didn't know that we were going to be husband and wife at that time. I've known her for 59 years, and she's put up with me for 55 years. So someone asked, a lot of people in Houston ask, how I ever got such a great mother-in-law. And those of you that have met my mom can understand I said, well, it was a package deal. I married the daughter, the mother-in-law comes along. (laughs) So we have been together 55 years this coming August. Congratulations. And we have uh, endured some tough times when we lost our son in Ecuador, who would be 51 had he lived. And I just want to mention, I don't know, I know God has a sense of humor, but um, seeing Mel and Debbie here, um, that's why we came to Brenham. And during that time in Ecuador that we were going through the loss, Bevan was in the States getting operation after operation, and I was in Ecuador by myself. And had it not been for Mel and my boys at that time, I probably wouldn't have made it. Seriously, I would uh, have rough times by myself at home. And it's still tender for me to realize that our son would be 51. I'd be a great grandfather by now, I'm sure. But um, I'm... uh, still know that the Lord had a purpose for that, and we've been able to console people who have lost a child and know how they feel. So that touches a little bit on kind of the why you came to Texas, sort of. No, it touched on why you came to Brenham. Why did you come to... Okay, so what was the situation surrounding that? And maybe it goes back to this other question of maybe a little bit about your history and faith together and kind of some of all of those moves. You moved a lot in, different, in a lot of different places. So we would get run out of town. <laughs> we would get run out of town. Not really. I started coaching in 1963 in... Kentucky, and finished my coaching career in 1996 in California. I went to a National Athletic Association office as an executive for eight years, 
in 2000 till 2008. Then, promise not to laugh, I became a preschool director with 30-some little bitties, <laughs> two, threes, and fours, and I loved it. And I would still be there had, I not, had we not felt a call to come to Texas. Can I interrupt? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can. I came to Texas because <laughs> I wanted to say this. Okay. <laughs> I came to Texas because one of Mel's teammates was a head pastor at Foundry United Methodist in Houston, and he wanted me to come. I don't know why he wanted me to come, but he did, and so we came to Texas, were able to serve at that church for seven years. Now you can talk. Okay. <laughs> well, in conjunction with that, with the weekend that we were with, Godfrey was his name, uh, is his name, <laughs> okay, um, in Florida. I don't know, do you remember that, that night? Uh, yeah, when everybody, there was a big room full of all kinds of people, and they were talking just jokingly, I thought, about you know, Vern, you come, you all come to Foundry, and, you know, Vern said, what would we do? And Godfrey said, we'll think of something. And he had all kinds of ideas, because that's sort of who he is. But when I realized that they were serious, I almost physically, literally dug in my heels, because I knew God was not calling us to Texas. Why would he call us to Texas, you know? And so it was an interesting um, way for me to see how God changed that thinking. And, um, you know, I, it's almost like you could see him going, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, God was so precious to me during that time when I really was not going to go to Texas. And um, Vern didn't put any pressure on. We didn't even talk about it for a while, but God was working in my heart and in my mind to, to change that. And the day that I realized, yes, we are going to Texas because it's a God thing, um, what peace. And it was so exciting, and then I could hardly wait for the day when we got there. And not one time that we were in Houston and Vern was doing ministry that nobody would have ever dreamed that Vern would do. And um, it, it was just precious and delightful for me to watch God change this hard-nosed coach. That's an accurate description, right, Mel? <laughs> okay. Um, into a tender... Um, person that he could use in a whole nother ball game, as it were, no pun intended. And uh, that's been a delight for me just to watch. And I got to tag along and do a few things, too. Uh, I don't mind being a tag along on some things. So. Anyway, I just wanted you to know that it wasn't like, oh, yippee, we're going to Texas, <laughs> you know. And uh, he was for it because Vern and I are an interesting combination, which I won't even really start um, describing. But he is he's somebody who likes, okay, God, what's next? Mm -hmm. And I like my rut. 
I'm just happy in my little rut. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to become stagnant, but I, I just kind of like those little safe places. And so God tones him down and then gives me the enthusiasm that I need. And uh, it's been a wild, wonderful <laughs> ride. <laughs> so you've got us up to, you came to Texas. The Lord moved in both of y'all in different ways to get you to that place. You were at the foundry for a number of years. Why Brenham? Why the vineyard? How did that even come about? Who wants to take that? Um, We fell in love with Texas, and we loved Houston despite the traffic, and but we fell in love with the people at the church, and they readily accepted us, and we appreciated that so much, and one of my boys was the head pastor, and so I felt for years I made him do things. Now for these years, he was telling me what to do. Water boy. I was his water boy during <laughs> baptismal. I held the basin. <laughs> but we wanted to come to Texas, and we knew Mel lived up here. We came to Brenham almost uh, the first couple weeks they were here just to be with them and visit. And so Mel's been special in a lot of ways and quite the business person. And so he's been sort of our uh, financial advisor, business, whatever. So I, when I found out when I was going to retire for sure, that I was going to retire in May. This was maybe April or March. And so I said, I'm going up to Mel and see if he can give me some ideas about where to camp. (laughs) We couldn't stay where we were without a salary. So we came up and Mel listened to my story. And then with this smart aleck grin on his face. (laughs) He said, uh, well, I got three options. I said, Mel, I didn't come up here for you to give me options. Just talk over things. He said, well, you could do this. I thought, no, I don't want to do that because we had mom living with us. They have a farmhouse, as you all know, on their property. The next deal was the brick house, and we couldn't leave our dachshunds out very long at the brick house without becoming meals for some wild thing. <laughs> so I'm saying all this myself, no, Mill, no, Mill. Then Mill says, hey, I have another option, and it's this house that we live in right now. So Mill's the reason we came, and I had all kinds of visions of being a rancher with Mel and being funny, being uh, with them a lot. And then they move. And so we look at each other and say, we must not have been so impressed with, <laughs> with their friendship. But uh, Mel's the reason, Mel and Debbie. And now we know the Lord had a purpose in it all. So you want to add? I think you pretty well said that. Okay. 
Yeah, we yeah, we just started coming to church because that's where Mel and Debbie came. <laughs> and I will be honest to say that we didn't know how long we would right. be here, but that's where they came. We wanted to be with them some, you know, and so here we came. And you all were so dear and sweet and uh, loving and welcoming. And pretty soon we had a few friends here. Um, but Both of them. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> anyway, um, but, but again, the Lord, uh, he leads all of his children uniquely, doesn't he? And uh, that's just one of the things I love about our God. But um, as we began to come and listen and observe... And pray and ask God where he wanted us to be, especially after Mel. I'm just being truthful here. Yeah. Mel and Debbie left. We, uh, we thought, well, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll try someplace else. But, you know, we never did. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and the Lord just knew that we didn't really need to go anywhere else. And so we're, we're comfortable here. <laughs> Thank you. So my next question is over, really, for Joel. I'm going to hand it over to Joel because he's going to lead into this next part, um, next chapter, wherein Joel and Vern begin a relationship. <laughs> so not too long, and, and it must have been... Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Um I'm trying to think of when it, when it actually started, but we, okay. Well, uh, I went over to to the Howards, and we were we were visiting, and in, in, uh, were helping us with our computer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I would I, I helped them get their computer set up, helped them get their wireless network set up. You know, I had a little little experience with that, and so we were talking as I was getting ready to leave. And and Vern just just mentioned just kind of like I I don't know why we're here, I, I don't know what what what's going on with that and 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 he we we had talked about a lot of different things that he had done in in the church in in Houston, and of course he's been a coach and and I I've 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 got a a tender spot for coaches I think if if the Lord hadn't called me to preach whenever I was sixteen, I I probably would have been a, a football coach I I, I love. I love sports and and really football more than anything else, and so that that was one of the things that was really interesting to me. And we were talking, and he was he was saying that, yeah, I, I'm not sure why we're here, not sure why we're here. And I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you be my mentor? I'm I'm a first time pastor. I'm barely barely a year into to leading our church, and. Uh, I, I I've always wanted a mentor, and if you have if you have the time, then we'll 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 just meet together, and you know you can tell me what I need to work on, and you can you know because I, I I know I need help, and and so I, I I could tell that that he was interested, and so we started meeting. That was October the fourth, and. So over over time, and and there there have been things that have that have happened as a result of of our meeting, and 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 just little subtle things that maybe you haven't even noticed about what's happened during our services. 
But just little things that he was just saying, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? Well, I'd say probably, what was it, about maybe February? When did we, it, things started changing a little bit. And where, where, where he, was, he was asking me questions, I started asking him questions. And he wanted to know about, about various things that, that, that we were doing. And, and uh, um, he and Bevan came to our, our Vineyard 101 class and, and, I, and I got a lot of feedback from, from him about it. Like, you know, that, that there's, there's some good things, there's some bad things, you know. And, and, and so yeah, I think it would be more helpful if you do these sort of things. And so we kept talking, we kept talking. And I convinced Vern to come with us to the men's retreat last month. And I, and I also convinced Eric and and. and and, and Bill to come and, and told him, hey, I'll, I'll make sure you've got good beds to sleep on. <laughs> you know, um, I want to make sure that you, that you guys, you know, it, and, and of course their wives also told me, hey, you know, you make sure that, that they're okay. Don't, don't just stick them in a bunkhouse, you know. Make sure they're taken care of. So I, I, I kept my word, didn't I, Beth? So anyway, in the course of the weekend, and I, I convinced Vern to stay, and 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 at at this point i was I, I, we were talking about about things that he would like to do and and one of the things that we we have in 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 our in our our membership covenant or, or why are you looking at me like that am i am i going too far oh okay i want your side of this he said he needed help and i'm saying amen no no, we, we give and take. Both of us were give and take. I just had a little more years of experience than he and had come from many different types of churches besides living in South America for a long time. So I appreciated his honesty. I appreciated his wanting to change. Uh, change sometimes is not good for us. But sometimes change is best for us, and some people struggle with change. I didn't think Joel did, and I, I look forward to our Tuesdays together. Uh, then we let into a couple days a week because of me being so nosy <laughs> and uh, wanting to find this out and wanting to find that out, and we had them to the house so they could speak in front of mom who's the all-wise lady who's 99 years old and is as sharp as she ever was. So we needed her blessing as well. So I appreciated what I learned about the family, about him, and uh, it's become a friendship. Uh, We listen to each other, and hopefully we're changing each other. So I wanted to cycle back a little bit to, we talked kind of after you guys met and after y'all got married and the travels and the things that you had. Did you come to faith before you met or was this something that happened after you met or how did that 
happen for y'all? What what started all of that God journey, if you will? Okay. Well, I mentioned a while ago that I had watched my parents and other people too. And I saw what I call just a real genuine Christianity. And I knew that that's what I wanted. But like I said, I I sort of wanted to do my own thing first, which wasn't working right at all. And uh, so I sort of played games with God, I guess. Is that a way to put it? Does that make sense? Until I was 19, I was a sophomore. We were sophomores in college, and we had been, by then, dating pretty seriously. And we were talking one day, and I just said out of the clear blue sky, because God had really been dealing with me about let's let's do something here, and you get you get right with me. Mm-hmm. I you know I knew all about the fact that yes, yeah, since I was not I had not surrendered my life to Christ, I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all sinners saved by grace. That's a wonderful phrase, but it's true. But um, I said to Vern just in the middle of a conversation. Vern, I'm lost. Mm. I'm, I'm lost. And I sort of expected him to look at me like, what are you talking about? But he already knew I was lost, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but that day in the spring of uh, hmm, whatever year it was, I can remember being so excited to get this issue settled. Quit pussyfooting around, as the expression goes, and uh, praying and asking God to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, change me. And there's an expression called conversion. You know that word, right? That's what it's all about. It's not just, oh yeah, I think I'll go to church more regularly. That's good. But as we all know, that's not what does it, is it? No. Or um, just being good. Because Praise God, he had spared me from a lot of things I could have gotten involved in. And I I know some of that was with the prayers of my parents. Um, So it's not like um, I had this huge, obvious change in my behavior, but it was what was going on inside of me, how God transformed even my thinking, my desires, And it wasn't just this wonderful 180 where I was suddenly perfect. (laughs) No way. (laughs) However, it was the beginning of my journey with Jesus. And um, so I'm very passionate about not getting, I used the term with somebody the other day. Oh, Shauna. It was not becoming a Christian by osmosis. Mm. Mother and daddy were godly, so Bevan must surely going to be godly too. (laughs) It doesn't stand to reason. That's not the case. So it was a definite, I can remember the day, and God said, now, a lot of people already think you're, you're my girl, but you're not. So you're going to have to, in front of that whole college in chapel you're going to have to walk all the way down there and deal with me in front of everybody that's called pride yeah yeah and he has god has a way of tackling the pride in our lives as we allow him to do that 
So I had to do that, even though I could have already gotten right with him and did in my seat there in chapel. But uh, so look out. If, <laughs> if you have some areas in your life that are not settled yet with God, he's going to talk to you about it. He's going to deal with you about it. And let me just tell you something. You want to say yes to him because it is the most amazing journey when we give our lives to Christ. Oh, my dad used to say, whole hog, <laughs> okay, yes. dive in. Know what you want to say? You want me to say something? Sure. Yes. I was nineteen. He was not. I was nineteen. No, but you were not when you <laughs> gave your life to Christ. No. Yeah. I found the Lord at early age, and like many, we had up and down relationship. It was nineteen sixty-three. I was preparing to go to soccer practice and had all my junk with me. But for some reason, I stopped by a mission meeting. Stupid. Because you thought I was in there. But, <laughs> so I stopped by and sat way in the back. And I know the speaker. And I don't really know what he said. But I was called to be a missionary in that service. Naturally, I had my relationship with the Lord right, and so he could feel free to call. But I said, what are you talking about? I said, I really, my parents were mission-oriented. We entertained missionaries in our home very often. My dad would help pack up many missionaries when they had to use crates and barrels back then. And I said, hey, I just need a coaching job, and I'll support missionaries, but I don't think so. Because I had never heard of a missionary coach at that time. I had heard missionaries wearing pith helmets and carrying <laughs> butterfly nets and all kinds of stuff, but I never applied it to an actual profession. Well, we applied to the mission field under different mission boards, and we got called to Winona Lake, Indiana, for our interview. And at that time, there were seven men in suits sitting in a semicircle with little Howard family sitting like this. And to break the ice, they ask when the last time I wet my bed. Oh. Just to break the ice, when I made my bed, did I make my bed? Did I make my bed that day? Anyway, after that interview that got pretty serious before it was over, uh, we got a call to go to Quito, Ecuador, me to be a biology teacher and a basketball coach and Helen to be, Bevan to be uh, an elementary teacher. And that was the start of it. We had done tons of things on the mission field, but the best thing that ever happened is we grew up. We were by ourselves without mommy and daddy. We were 24 years old in a foreign country, not knowing zip, and we grew up a lot.
still growing. Well, I hope so. That's that's kind of what I hope until the day I draw my last breath that I'm growing, growing closer to the Lord. So as Joel was mentioning, he had been meeting with Vern on Tuesdays, and then it kind of went to two times a week. And I kept hearing these things. Well, Vern said, well, Vern said, it's like, oh, tell me about what Vern said. <laughs> so to be hearing all of this input from Vern, who's Vern from Adam? And as we, I heard more of the things that he was sharing into Joel's life, it became evident that here was a, a, a really interesting relationship, an interesting dynamic. And yet, as of that moment, they had not yet made a commitment to be a part of this church. And so um, Vern had agreed to go to the men's retreat that weekend, and I believe something happened that weekend that sort of settled things for you. Would you tell us that and then kind of lead into sort of where, what are you passionate about doing right now? Kind of what's the Lord leading you to do in this moment? Well, there's the men there at the retreat, and I stayed overnight on a Friday night, and we had had conversations, Joel and I, Bill, Eric, some of the other guys that were there, and I got to sleep in a real bed that night, and so I went to bed about 10, and usually when it's cold outside, I sleep like a rock, and I was awake the whole night, and I know the Holy Spirit was talking to me because I didn't want to join this church, yeah. uh, not because of anybody. <laughs> I just didn't feel right, and yet that's what kept coming up to me that night by the Holy Spirit. He'd say, why? Well, I really don't know why. Well, I just didn't want to. Well, why? And I was awake the whole night. And so I couldn't wait to tell Joel the next day. And that's a hassle when everybody's leaving and I'm doing dishes and cleaning up the floors and all this stuff. And I noticed Joel's getting more by himself. So I said, I need to see you before you leave. So we went out back and I told him I... We are going to join the church. I hadn't said anything to Bevan. <laughs> Just like other times when we left Ecuador and we were going to California, I said, we're moving to California. She goes, really? But yes. I laughed and said, that's what God's been up to in me. Anyway, that, that day I just said, we'll join the church and forget this hassle and maybe I can help do something I didn't know. And so then, at that point, Joel had already been thinking along the lines of, well, what, what do I do with Vern? <laughs> He's got this wealth of experience. He's got this, you know, history of working in ministry. What do I do with that, Lord? What, do you, what, what gifts have you given him that this church and this community needs? And so it was at that point that Joel said... <laughs> Well, one of the biggest issues I think we've had as a church is how do we take care of everybody? 
in terms of pastoral care. How do we keep up with each other? How do we, we do those things? And the, the experience that we've had in, in the vineyard is that it happens through small groups. You know, the, the home group pastor, you know, they, they, they stay in touch with everybody. And, and each little, little small group, that, that, that's, it, it's kind of like a little church. And they, everybody kind of takes care of each other. Well, what happens to the folks who aren't part of a small group? And, and, and that's what we've been running into ever since we've been here, you know, for, for various reasons. And, and that's not to condemn anybody for not being part of a small group. But whenever we don't, don't have those connections, how do, how do we stay in touch with folks? How do we, how do we look after the elderly and the, and the shut-ins who are part of our church? How do we look after these folks? And so we're talking about these things, and, and, and Vern started talking about, well, you know, whenever I was, I was at the foundry, well, I, you know, I'd, 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 I'd see, you, 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 you did a lot of funerals, you did a lot of visiting people in the hospital, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, well, I, you know, this is my responsibility, but I'm doing such a crummy job at it. <laughs> and so we're talking, and he's like, well, you know, I, I'd be willing to help you with that. Really? And so we talked a little bit more, and, and, and so, so this has grown into, and, and, and this is why we're doing this, this interview today. Two weeks ago, we, we had the interview with the marshals, and, and they're, they're over our body life in, in, our, in, our, in the church. They, they're, they're overseeing all these things, and, and we'll, we'll talk to you more about that and, and kind of show you how all that, that, that plays out or how we want it to play out. Well, as Vernon and I were talking, it's like, well, you know, I, you'll be part of our staff. Now, most of our staff is, is volunteer. And, you know, and, and the thing he told me early on, well, I, I basically retired here, but I still want something to do. <laughs> and so Vern's going to be coming on to help me, to help our church as our pastor of pastoral care. He's going to be part of the staff, and he and Bevan are going to be helping us in the area of pastoral care. So if, if you get a phone call, if you get an email, if you get a text message, that's what they're doing. They're making connections. And we're, we're going to try to close the loop so that, that we don't lose people through the cracks. And, and that's, that's happened. You know, periods of time, you know, say someone comes and then, you know, and, and we don't see them for a while. Well, what, what happened? Well, you know, we, we could talk about that, but, but actually to have someone to to go out and, and, and do, the, do the footwork and, and be able to connect those folks. And, and so, so that, that's what we're going to be doing. And, and I, I'm really excited about that. And that's, that's why we're, we're, we're doing this, this little interview today. So, um, so can, can I get you all to give them a, a hand again? Because I don't think they know what, they, the, what they've signed up for. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this isn't one of our questions, but I've been thinking about this for a long time. Uh, Joel and I discuss gifts. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives each of us gifts. And I don't like to blow my own horn, but one of the gifts that I know I have is helps. I love to help people. It brings joy to me to help people, whether it be a physical thing or praying or cleaning your house, doing whatever, I just like to help. And one of the questions was, 
what brings joy to you, and I hope this doesn't sound corny, but my wife has brought tons of joy to me for 59 years, not just 55, because it was those four years that I decided, hey, I don't want to lose this. Yeah. And so another joy that brings pleasant memories to me are helping people. And the third one, and this is funny, babies. I just love little kids, and it's part of what I grew up with. Now, Bevan is the opposite. She likes babies, but at a distance. <laughs> I like babies in the nitty-gritty and down in the dirty. And so uh, I, those are some things that I just wanted you to know. I'm not trying to be nosy when I ask how you're doing. I'm just concerned, and maybe there's something I can help you with. Don't be afraid of me. Well, I just wanted to, one last thing before we wrap up and, and move into a, the next phase where it's almost noon, but I, don't, I haven't felt it because I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys a little bit better. Um, we talked a little bit, we've shared openly about our story and the struggles that we've had in our marriage and Brian and Shauna shared a little bit about their story. And it excites me and it thrills me um, to know that you guys and and your marriage is here for us to help us and to encourage us and to show us the long view, the long vision of, of what it means to be in, in, a, in a loving and godly and healthy relationship. And I, for one, look forward to that and having uh, that friendship grow in the future. But before we close, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you guys, if y'all wouldn't mind, come stand here right down here, and um, the rest of our staff, if yes, the rest of the staff, if y'all would come forward, and then anyone else who wants to come forward, and let's lay our hands on Vernon Bev as they step into this next um, phase of their lives, and then our lives, too, as a church community. We want to bless them. We want to pray for them. Yes, Mel and Deb, please come forward because you guys were a huge part of, of their being here with us. And what a gift. What a gift. Go ahead. Father, we thank you so much for your gift of Vernon Bev to this church, to this church body, to this community. And we ask right now, Lord, for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit on their lives, that you would begin to stir up some of the latent gifts that have been there for a while, things that haven't been used in a while, dusting those things off, polishing those things and putting those things to use again. Lord, I pray that you would ignite their dreams and their passions for their future, for the future of this church, for this community. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to knit our hearts together with them in love, Lord, for the work that you've called us to do here. We pray, Lord, that the fruit of their hands would be multiplied, Lord, that they would be a blessing coming and going, that they would be a blessing in every context that they find themselves in, Lord. May they find favor, Lord, with you and with man. We just thank you, Lord, for, 
for all that you're doing through them and for us through them, Lord. And we ask all of these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.